I think the scripture says when we're in agreement with that, there's just a yes and amen. Yeah. Praise you, Lord. You can have a seat, stand, whatever you want to do. I would, I would love to um, close a series of just thoughts on songs. And I want to return uh, to where we started. Whenever I teach a series, I always love the last week of series just to come back and say, so here's some things that God should be reconciling within us. And he should be redeeming as a part of who we are because if we come face to face for this series of varying verses from the Psalms along with some New Testament stories that highlight what God's been doing, our hearts when they meet the Word should be, should be shifted, should be changed, should be transforming into the image of Jesus. And so um, Psalm 40, if you want to uh, land there for a moment, I, um, I wanted before I got into it just... We're talking about needing Jesus and living sent for his glory and beautiful feet. And I, I just started pondering on the front row as I was worshiping this morning, all of the things that God is doing among us for us to say, Lord, we're singing songs to you and we're singing songs for you and we're singing songs for your glory. I mean, this was, this was going down in, in this, on this campus in the last 24 hours. And I think it's amazing for me. For instance, um, I don't think they're in the room and I won't call any names, but I mean, there were um, two children who were um, rescued out of an extraordinarily painful situation that were placed in one of our foster family's homes this weekend. And I was sitting in, wow, pause. I was sitting in front of one of them listening to her sing of rescue. I thought, oh, you're so gracious, Lord. And so I'm really grateful for multiple families across this body who said, we will rescue, we will stand in, and we will be the body of Christ. Praise the Lord for that. Because that's what, I, that's what Isaiah, that's what Psalm 40 says of us. We, we um, hosted a regional event yesterday morning. So many people from here were there, and our family got to come in and pass through, and we didn't get to do everything we wanted to do. We were going to celebrate our daughter's birth, but we, we got to have this hour dialogue about it, and I don't think we'll stop. We hosted the SOAP initiative on this campus yesterday. And um, did I just go out? Chad says no. We're, um, we were hosting that, and it's, it's really a citywide ministry to rescue those who were being trafficked in our city. It just seems right. That seems like what the church would do if we just said, Lord, we need you every hour. And oh, by the way, our answer is yes, and we're in. And so this is just going on the last 24 hours around here, why we should be celebrating the resurrected Jesus. Last night, I sat with 200 friends who love what God's doing in Haiti, and we um, hosted the banquet on this campus. I'm just looking at one who's not and who made the best cupcakes ever for us. And, um, and it was, yeah, let's get an amen for that. That's so awesome, Bonnie. And so, um, but so many people, you know, from Chris, your bride, I won't start naming, just so many people just chipped in so that we could continue to say, this is important. We're a part of God's movement in that nation, and praise the Lord for that, and so we, we got to be a part of that. I just stood and looked across the front with so many that are, um, that, are, that are going and so many that are coming around to pray. And then senior adult conversations this morning of just, hey, pastor, I want you to make sure this gets into the missions room and it goes to Guatemala. Just heart cry. And I, I just was looking across the front going, one of them has been on travel. Not only was Matt praying for his daughter, but Matt Jones is going. And that's so cool. So if three of you would thumbs up me and say, I'm praying for Matt for the next two weeks. 
Thank you. There's a lot. So would you convey to Matt there was a ton of thumbs because we didn't have him at the front, and he's, he, he's awfully good looking. I mean, he should have been at the front so you could see him. Matt's going. I, I just think some stories. I didn't ask permission to share them, but I, so I won't say names, but I mean, just some stories. Like one person signed up for the trip, and now she's going as two. But she's still going. I just thought that was amazing. Not a flinch. If I don't think I should go. Well, maybe there's some flinching in, in private, but I'm going for the sake of God's glory. And that's amazing. A good, a good friend that I won't look at or I'll cry. A good friend was diagnosed with, with the C word that you don't want to hear. And the first words out of her mouth is God's faithful. The second words is I'm still going to Guatemala for the gospel. We're just in a sacred movement of Jesus. And I, I hope you realize that. And if, if not, I hope that God opens the eyes of your heart to the reality of what he's doing from two five- and six-year-old kids to some kids on another part of the world will be touched by the gospel of God's work in the midst of our hearts. And so are we not sane to say, Lord, we need you? Every hour, are we not realistic to know that as God is pressing this gospel forward among this simple little group of us that make up Mandarin, that we would cry out for him, oh God, give us kingdom eyes and cover us in your grace and in who you are. And I, I love Ephesians 6, ready us for the evil one who desires to come against us because God, you're doing huge things. And I don't know that we fully appreciate that and are fully aware of the goodness and the grace of God. And so I, I, saw, I saw the power just of song in the stories I just told. I saw the power of song when I got home last night from the, um, from the Haiti banquet. I flipped on a 71-year-in-the-making historical moment. I saw the power of song, and it was so beautiful and so amazing. I'm by no means a fan of this group. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to claim fanship right now that they love this team and have for the last 30 years because it's a pretty awesome moment. I kind of felt like I did last night about 1140 as I did when the Red Sox finally went, you know, and they released the Bambino curse and all that stuff, for those of you who are baseball fans. But last night I was watching, and so if you're not a sports fan, a significant moment happened in sports last night. For the first time, and I know Brent Stake is ecstatic. He's, he is gonna, we're going to get amens out of Brent in his heart and maybe loudly. But uh, in, in, in 71 years, we have been awaiting the Cubs to make it to the World Series. Means nothing to a lot of you. But some of you in this room, it was pretty extraordinary. I was watching it excited, but then it was after the game that moved my heart. And I saw this, this picture is coming up. This is going on around the Cubs, raise the W. And, and I, you know, I personally don't know this song very well, but there was a song that was going on that was quite remarkable. And I just wrote it down, and so I would get the lyrics straight. And so it was a pretty powerful song. It says, go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs gonna win today. Go, Cubs, go. Go, Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs gonna win today. Go, Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what? This, this went on for an hour. There was a guy on the video this morning I clicked on just to kind of see how beautiful this was. There was a guy that's got a video. You're welcome to watch this while I'm preaching if you want. Just don't turn the sound up. There's a guy that was a mile away in a hotel shooting a video down in, and you heard it like he was right beside it. Go, Cubs, go. Go, Cubs, go. 
What's the lyric? Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Let's go win the game today. Thank you. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, you know, and this is not knocking because there's, there's, there was singing all around and there was sadness all around the sports world yesterday. You know, the Dodgers fans weren't singing. And I was just thinking, God, like, what is happening with us? This idea of song, it's this thing that is generating in our hearts as, as the scripture says that God has placed eternity in our hearts and we, we desire to sing songs. And we'll sing for hours about the Cubs songs. And I'm just thinking, you know, God, will you raise up within us this song, these simple anthems, these beautiful rejoicings among the church so that, you know, a mile away from here when we gather, as we sing of the resurrected Messiah, that there will just be, hey, our God is resurrected. I didn't write the lyrics, so I'm making them up right now. Hey, our God is resurrected today. Won't you come and shout and say, go, Jesus, go. Go, Jesus, go. You know, wouldn't that be awesome? And I, I was... I, and I'm truly moved when I see a taste of the, the eternal and the heart of the temporal. And I will be for the next two weeks rooting for the Cubs. I am not a fan for the last, last 30 years like Brent. But I will be rooting for the underdog. But here's what, I, here's what I want us to root for. We are not rooting for the underdog as we sing the songs of the resurrected Messiah who will return again as the King of Glory. We are beginning now to sing the anthem that is already being sung for eternity. Let's go, Jesus. Let's go and let our song be clear and let our song be filled with passion and let it leave us undone so much so to show up through the weekends or to take a call in the middle of the night and to say to two kids come in to say to the traffic in this city the, re- the reality of the power of the passion of Jesus Christ to say I will work and I will sacrifice and I will go and I will walk into the heart of the orphan in another country and speak life and I just could go on and on because there is a song that resonates in our heart that is a psalm that makes makes sense and more importantly is a catalyst for us for the sake of the gospel i just um, want to read psalm 40 and maybe just share a few thoughts i think i've already shared some thoughts to this point but psalm 40 says this i waited patiently for the lord i was reading that this morning and thought lord that single sentence is a whole sermon for a lot of us It really hits on what I'm not even touching on, but where I was last night is there was, and I want to acknowledge this in this room, some of you are like half clapping going, I'm glad that the Cubs won, but right now I walked into this room needing hope, and I I was reading this scripture this morning as God does when he makes things new, just thinking, God, there wasn't a lot of songs for a season of my life, but I grabbed them and whispered them as best I could. Well, for 71 years, Cub fans haven't been singing a lot either. They've been singing with hope. And I think we're looking and saying, God, we wait patiently for you. For your faithful. Because here's what you do for us. You turn to me and you hear my cry. You lift me out of the slimy pit. It is mucky. It is mired in clay. And in lifting me out, you set my feet upon the rock. And you give me a firm place to stand and you put a song in my mouth. And it's not a song that I've ever sung before. It's a new song about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of his spirit within us. And I will sing that song because it's a hymn of praise to our God. And here's the outworking, the product of that. The trafficked will be set free. The abused will be rescued and giving a better picture. The orphan in Guatemala will receive hope. 
The children that make up the nation of Haiti, and more specifically Cabaret, will rejoice because of the goodness of the gospel. Those who are battling will go and share anyway because many will see and they will put their trust in the Lord. And he's come sharing three or four thoughts that we've already shared, so I will share them briefly and ask you, what will you do with this? I begin this series just with a simple statement, Jesus raises the dead. I think he steps in this room and does that. And I, I shared a, an extended sentence on that last week. The resurrected king, not only does he step into the seventh chapter of the book of, of, of John into a city that is called Nain or could be better interpreted beautiful. And he steps onto the border or the edges of the city that is called beautiful. And yet anything but beauty is happening there. They're in the middle of the miry clay and a widow is carrying out her son, her only son to be buried and that's where Jesus stepped in and said I realized fully Isaiah or Psalm 40 that you are waiting patiently for me and you are crying out and it appears extraordinarily bleak and I, I, I just would like for you to know something about me right now I raised the dead I step into extraordinarily miry and painful situations and I resurrect hope. I resurrect life. I tend to shipwreck funerals. I tend to step into the middle of things and in doing so, I bring hope. I bring promise. I bring present and I bring future. That is who I am. I'm the Lord and that is what I do. I am the resurrecting Savior. And I think we just come along and I don't, I don't want you to measure your circumstances or the measure of the reality that you are 10 steps outside of beautiful. I want you to measure our reality. I want us as a body of believers to measure our reality of this. We are one step into the presence of Jesus Christ who raises the dead. And the resurrected king is resurrecting you and me for the sake of his glory. How would that change your perspective today if you recognize that, first of all, the scripture, Psalm 40, more importantly, throughout scripture, Jesus says, do not be surprised by this. There will be suffering and turmoil. You'll find yourselves mired in the clay. I will step into them and I will speak life and speak hope because this is who I am. I raise the dead. I raise dead circumstances. And I don't think, in fact, forget that. I'm fully confident that he is not saying that every person who dies, I will resurrect again, other than at the end of the day and at the end of time, at the end of everything, we're going to stand together for about 100 million years and just start. Because I am Jesus and I step into these moments. And for you right now in this moment, woman, don't cry. I love that statement. Woman, don't cry. I know it's, it's hopeless right now. Child, don't cry. I know you're in the hospital right now, but there's a family that's sitting over in Julieton Creek that are ready to receive you. That's the picture and perspective of what our Lord wants to give to others is I know that right now you're outside the gate of beautiful, but I tend to walk side outside the gate of beautiful and I tend to bring beauty and restoration. And so how would that change your prayer, your psalm, or your song should you believe that you celebrate and re- worship a resurrected Messiah who willingly and joyously steps under your scenarios and situations that desperately need resurrection. I think that there's something that's beautiful that we also study, that this resurrection stirs a new song within us. 
The gospel is about resurrection power, and I want us to recognize that. And the gospel is this, that as he steps and lifts us and puts us on firm footing, he puts a new song in our mouth. It's a hymn of praise to God. I just begin to consider Ephesians. It's probably my favorite book of the Bible because of the theological underpinnings of the first three chapters and the practical outworkings of the last three chapters. It's just such a fascinating book of the Bible, if I could only turn there. Good gravy. And he says in Ephesians 2, I love these verses. Look at this. I want you to know that there is a song that I am stirring because God raised us up in this room with Christ. See, I, could, I should have cheated like y'all and just read off the screen. Even faster. He raises us up with Christ and he seats us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And hear this. This isn't the future reality of our circumstance. It is a picture of it. But he's saying this in this current moment that he steps into our name. He steps into our places outside the gate. And he seats us and allows us to see life from a much more eternal perspective. I'm seating you in heaven, and so please don't view what you're walking through right now in light of the only thing that you see, which is one step in front of you on the way to a grave. But look, I have seated you with Christ in the heavenly realms so that in the coming ages, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us is given in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. You don't boast except in him. So let's boast in the cross. It's the power of what he is bringing to us to say, I've been made alive with Christ. In Luke 7, 16, it's such a powerful statement because when Jesus stepped into Nain and took the widow's son and said, don't cry, but then he sounded like Dr. Dan when he said this because he always starts off sentences to me this way, son. And I just love this because I just picture Jesus and Dr. Dan together standing side by side going, son, get up. I'm, I'm, I'm five octaves above you right now, and I'm trying to go deep, Dr. Dan. It's depressing. Son, get up. Woman, don't cry. Son, get up. This is a beautiful place. And I'm going to walk with you. We're going to walk back through the gates of beautiful, and it's going to be a beautiful and powerful thing. And here's what's so, so majestic about that for even Jesus Christ himself. John, Luke seven sixteen says, not that the crowd went, oh, wow, can we get your autograph? Or, oh, my goodness, you were, I mean, this would be natural, wouldn't it? I mean, if you, if, if, if we get Ryan, you know, we kill him, and then we start carrying him down as a, as a dead person, and he is called by Jesus to step off of his coffin and step back in with us, we're probably going to surround him. And celebrate him. And here's the power when the Holy Spirit begins to work that is far more magnanimous than even the rescuer and the rescued when it is points to the living God. Eugene Peterson says it this way. Jesus raises the dead. And here's what he says of them. They all realized they were in a place of holy mystery. This could go on the screen if you have it. That God was at work among them. They were quietly worshipful. In other words, they paused and went, Oh my goodness, we worship a glorious God. So they were, they were almost stunned. It kind of reminds me of the Old Testament finishing the wall. And they would stand and lift their hands in quiet reverence and then fall to their knees. And then you would hear them standing again, shouting out of the goodness of God. And then they would fall back on their knees and go, oh, in quiet reverence, you are glorious, God. And then listen, then noisily grateful, they're shouting among themselves. 
How great is our God? How great is our God? I can't see them in that moment picking the once dead guy up and crowd surfing him. That would just be perfect. God is looking to the needs of his people. And it says this, then the news of Jesus spread everywhere. As we catch a glimpse of God, wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm weird, but I, I would love one, one weekend we're, we're just worshiping and some songs speak and we start shouting the goodness of God to one another going, isn't he amazing? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he a glorious God? Don't we love him? That would, that would be cool. I love Ryan's definition of this idea that he puts a new song in our lips because it goes with the story that we illustrated and you should speed up your listening. Ryan said, God puts a new song in our mouth, but as he was preaching a few weeks ago, this has settled in my soul. The new song isn't solely, let's sing a new song. It was also in, in the Hebrew could be defined in either way. Let's sing some new songs. Because God's writing new stories in our heart. But also when you sing an old song, sing it as if it's a new song. It's not like, okay, let's go sing new stuff only now or old stuff. I think we're starting to say, God, I've sung this a thousand times. Let me come, like, I just let it in a moment. Lord, I don't want to sing that I need you without desperately needing you. I want to sing that like it's a new song. I want to look at you and tell you that I really do need you. And that was so powerful. If you recall, I shared a story from Dimitri. He's, he's a Russian pastor. I actually have followed up and read a little bit more about him. So I'll try to wrap up in the next five minutes, but also share some thoughts about Dimitri. And so Dimitri was just this beautiful Russian pastor who, was, who just started to say, I want to disciple my kids. That's where he began. I just really feel like I've discovered Jesus as Savior and we should start sitting around our kitchen table and talking about the Lord. And so when he sat around his kitchen table and opened up scripture, which I ought to just kind of have in my hand, and he started reading things to them like this, like you have really, you've died and you've been resurrected and you sit with Christ and he's so rich in mercy. It was neat because it worked for his family, but he also started having neighbors that came over because they could just see such a kingdom orientation to his family. You do with that as you see fit. But it, his church began because he really felt called to disciple his children. And so they sat at the kitchen table and pretty soon there was 150 people in the heart of Russia at the point of the um, Cold War and the point of the closing of communism just saying we're seeing and discovering a Jesus and he's amazing. And so in doing so, he was, he was arrested, uh, moved a thousand miles from his family and it just began to talk about Dimitri's song. And for 17 years, he sang this song. And I love your definition, Ryan, when you preached. Because um, he sang a song, I I can't remember the title. Um, It's pretty simple. Oh, God, give me strength. And it just says that every morning he would wake up. And he would face to the east. He would lift holy hands. And he would sing a song that God had put into his heart, a new song. But for 17 years in a row, he would sing that song. The only thing that he needed to release him was to recant the name of Jesus, and he could go back and pastor. He just said, this isn't, it would not be worthy to sign any declaration. I will stand in the East. And he did that, and a long story short, and you can read it in Insanity of God, but um, they did some things beating him daily. New songs don't come haphazardly, body of Christ. When 
when he would write these new songs or when he would find a scrap piece of paper, he would take this little chalk marker that he had and he would fill it as small as possible with scripture that he had memorized in his heart and he would, he would tack it to the wall of his prison cell knowing that at some point when the guards found it, he would be beaten. But the word of God was more cherished for him than any short circumstance of physical abuse. And so he would write this scripture and tack it where he could see it. You don't sing new songs without the word of Christ dwelling in you richly. We don't grow as a body of believers impacting our neighborhoods and our families without sitting together and saying, this word of God, it is going to be the centerpiece, the hallmark, the stalwart thing that we build our hearts upon because the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. So you want to sing these songs? Begin to digest and lead your family and lead this body of Christ to memorize huge portions of Scripture so that when we are in prison, we will sing a new song unto the Lord. Lord, give me strength. He's, he's, he sang those songs, and I've, I've kind of lost my point in the story now, so forgive me. He wrote this out of the heart of who he was, and then, uh, and then he, the, the ending was so powerful. Um, they took him out to, to, to take his life. Unbeknownst to him, he had impacted and influenced so many that many would see and hear And as he began to be carried out by the prison guards after being beaten, the prisoners across, universally across the way, began to stand and sing the song that he had been singing for 17 years. That's so beautiful. And so I ask you this, because I don't want to just move past and go, that was a good story, Pastor. Thank you. What song are you singing that others will sing for the strength and glory of God and will you sing that song for 17 years, regardless of the circumstance? So maybe back at that, because that's too complex of a question. So what's the song that God is writing on your heart right now that speaks of his greatness and glory? Because I'm, I promise you, many need to see and hear. Our song will speak truth and life. I just want to end here. And it's a good place to end. Nick Ripken, who wrote the story, and we're, we're going to gather together in a few weeks. Um, and as soon as Lifeway releases this, and uh, we're going to watch this film together. Just talk about it. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. But uh, Nick Ripken, in interviews in, in his book, Insanity of God, said, I went and sat with this pastor. It's about 20 years later. You know, I, I wanted to understand, and Nick is, is involved deeply in um, the bowels of Africa at this point. And he's working in some of the most painful places that you can work. And he, he said, I, I wanted to just sit with this pastor and learn how God speaks. And I, he said, I wanted to write a, descri- a, a discipleship pattern for my, my body of believers in Africa to follow. And I love what he said in this moment. And this doesn't debunk writing it. He still wrote it. But he said, I wasn't there to write materials. I was there to discover what it means to walk with Jesus. He said, I begin to live with the life of Demetri, and here's what I learned about him. Knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, following Jesus, living with Jesus, that is the portion and the place that allows you to sing songs for 17 years. And he asked this question, and I don't think he's answering. It's rhetorical. What do I do with a song like this? And why aren't more of us singing these kind of songs? Do I see the display of the power of God? Would anybody sing the song of heaven that I'm singing around me? What song am I singing? It speaks the way, the truth, and the life. 
I just come back and say in Acts, the 17th chapter, it said this simple truth about the church that was his birth for the sake of God's glory. These people, these men have turned the world upside down. They say there's another king. His name is Jesus. And he just comes saying, the Lord is resurrected. He is moving among us. He puts a new song in our mouth. And that song, according to Psalm 40, speaks life to others. And many see and hear and they discover this truth, that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I think of Paul and his missionary journey as they went to Philippi and they started the first church on European soil. And it was beautiful. It sounds amazing. Like, let's go plant on a new continent. Would that not be exciting? We're going to bring you forward. We've discovered an eighth continent. We're going to plant on it. It'd be pretty awesome. And yet it was started in the most humble way and the way that I think is such the way of Jesus is Paul, first of all, listened to the call of God and then heeded it and went. He got over and I'm sure he had this majestic thought of planting churches if he's anything like me. And he was thinking, this is going to be huge. And instead he gets outside the walls of Philippi and he meets a group of women led by one named Lydia who's praying her heart out. And he kind of starts, we should probably go through the gates. This, isn't, this is extra curricular i'm just envisioning this we should this is this can't be the group this little ratty group of people over here we went to another continent for this you know and it was started in the most humble way by an ordinary group paul approached them and began to speak of the gospel and lydia grabbed the gospel and said we're going to meet in my house and we're going to see the church prosper on the european continent We're called to live out this life in the context of faith and community in such a manner that people look into us and say there's family there. And the trajectory of where they're going as family is toward way and truth and life. And that to them is Jesus. And they're leading others there. And I just close with this. About a hundred years after, and I read this about five weeks ago. About a hundred years after this church was birthed, here was what was written about them. It was written to say, here's an apologetic of the resurrected Jesus. If you're wondering, O emperor, who has no thought of the kingdom of Christ, what it is, I want you to meet a group of people who are utterly non-sensational. I don't know that that's a word, but I like that word and it's written here. There is nothing sensational going on among us. They just are passionate. And here's what he wrote. Describing Christians. If one or the other of them have bondmen or bondwomen or children, through love towards them, they persuade them to become Christians. When they've done so, they start to call them brethren. There is commonality among the body of believers. There is no distinction or markers. I like that. They do not worship strange gods. They go their way in all modesty and they are cheerful. Oh Lord, let that describe the church. They are cheerful. Falsehood is not among them. And they love one another. From widows, they do not turn away their esteem. They deliver the orphan from him who treats him harshly. And he who has gives to him who has not. It's like this is still going on. We read about it in Acts. The Holy Spirit's still working. It should still be going 2,000 years later. This should be the description of us. 
When they see a stranger among them, they're welcoming them in their homes. And they rejoice over them as a brother. They do not call them brethren after the flesh, but brethren in spirit and through God. This is a lost person telling a lost emperor what the kingdom of Jesus Christ looks like. And whenever one of the poor passes from the world, every one of them passes a basket. It's gold and it goes around like it does here kidding it's it's according to his ability he gives heed he gives to the need and he carefully sees to his burial they care for one another and if they hear that one of their number is in prison or afflicted on the account of the messiah they minister to the necessity and if it is possible to redeem him they set him free if he is among them they are poor and needy if they have no spare food i love this i love this if there is among them those who are poor and needy and they don't have spare food to give they fast for two or three days so that the poor and needy could eat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. The resurrected king is putting a new song in my mouth. And the resurrected king is singing that song, is drawing men, women, and children to this reality that many should see and many should hear as a result of our love relationship with blah, blah, blah. As a result of our love relationship with Jesus Christ, many should see and many should hear that Jesus among us is the way and the truth and the life. And they should say, the church, this church, it is God's mission strategy. It is an outpost of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And if you want to see the kingdom of Christ, you should come with me to Mandarin. I feel like that amen was it. Amen. Lord, draw us to yourself. Continue to resurrect our hearts, even those of us who came in downcast today. Lift our eyes to you. Give us a glimmer of your majesty. Give us a taste of your hope. Draw us in as a community of faith and move us to becoming a family where we call each other brethren where there is nothing that separates us, where we serve one another with abandon. God, I pray for any cracks of disunity that would just be mortared, closed by Christ. Give us oneness. God, may there be stories written about us that was written about the early church of care, provision, cheerfulness, hope, and promise. And let them look and say, there's a Jesus in them. And he must be great.